My name is Kyle Willis, and this is Marketing from the Roosevelt Room. Welcome back to a new episode of Marketing from the Roosevelt Room. I am stoked today. We're wrapping up our series of The Complete Entrepreneur. We've been on this venture for a number of weeks now, covering a highlight of important topics that I believe are foundational to an entrepreneur who's trying to grow their business, scale their business, and what it means to take it to that next level. Our guest today, I think, is paramount in this foundation of what it means to scale because without the ability of understanding how to put in a business systems and procedures, you are going to flounder. Tony Banta is the managing partner of Venture Greatly. They have a flagship product called Client Success that I have been, I've been able to watch a lot, learn a lot from him uh, through relationship, through masterminds that we've been in together. This guy knows his stuff. And I think as we get into it today, Tony, I'm really excited that we're going to make this super practical. We're going to be able to share with our audience this foundation of what a system is and yeah. where they ought to begin. So Tony, I really, really do appreciate you making some time for us here on the Roosevelt Room. You bet, Kyle. It's an honor to uh, it's an honor to be here with you. I'm only sad that I I'm just sad that I can't be in the actual uh, Roosevelt room. Well, the I, next time we'll have exactly. to uh, we'll have to fly out there. You do, and we, you know, before we hit the record button here, we're talking. You know, for those who know, I love smoking a cigar while I do these podcasts. And unfortunately, Tony couldn't join me in cigar today, so we've made the plan when he comes up to Seattle, we're going to do That's a right. live episode with our cigars and bourbon together, <laughs> and be able to just flow wherever conversation takes us, and, the, and until the bottle runs out. Hundred <laughs> percent, and of so, course, until the bottle runs out, we'll have some great conversation there at the end that dude, people shouldn't miss. <laughs> here, here's a rabbit trail, and we'll have a few of these, I'm sure, as we get going. If you're, <laughs> sure. If you're, uh, watch the YouTube. May I do a podcast as well called Drunk History? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I, I think uh, that we we could have the uh, the drunk business podcast where we just exactly pour right. the wine, pour the bourbon, and just share life and the wins and horror stories come out from wherever the bottle takes us. Sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I, I would be on board with that. That that would be that would be wonderful. All 100%. right, for the sake of being able to give some real value, uh, and I have coffee. I need some Irish coffee to get this really kicked off uh to give our give our kickoff you know i always love just by getting by kind of just allowing the audience to get to know you a little bit hear your story uh and we'll, we'll define in a moment what systems and process means to you but who yeah. is tony banta give us the elevator pitch the the quick bio the quick background uh of what makes you passionate about business and 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 uh, business systems and procedures yeah yeah, you got it. So I, um, I started my career actually as a software developer. Um, so uh, about 15 years ago, I, I was a software developer, worked on corporate projects, um, uh, mostly systems process control stuff, you know, back end, like inventory management systems, yeah. um, um, systems that kind of helped production facilities or, you know, inventory, things like that. Uh, and, and I loved seeing what software could do. It was a lot of fun. But 
there was nothing so frustrating as watching a phenomenal software product that was you know executed from the standpoint of the the scope of 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 what we had to work with right from a, a software engineering standpoint from a systems engineering standpoint the software was perfect and it didn't actually work in the company that we were you know mm, working for interesting and it didn't work because of the company's leadership because you know oh, they wow. weren't willing to you know, and like there was this trend that I saw, right? Like this like happened and I was like, okay, so like, yeah, like, like we'll go back, we'll, you know, rework it, we'll do what we need to do. And then I kept seeing this, you know, trend um, of the right leadership's systems because, you know, leadership is a system as Amen. well yeah. and yeah. we can talk about that. Uh, but, you know, the right leadership systems not being in some of these, you know, some of these medium and large size corporations. And so the best code, the best, you know, systems that we would set up were powerless in the face wow. of that. Wow. And so I finally said, okay, like the definition of insanities, uh, doing the same thing again and again <laughs> yeah. and expecting a different result. So, you know, somebody needs to get in there and change these things at a leadership level. And so that Amen. kind of like launched the, uh, the next phase of my career. I spent uh, just under 10 years doing corporate consulting. Wow. Um, so still some of that tied into the software end, but I would do, uh, um, I worked um, with a company, it was a minority partner um, in a company that uh, did efficiency consulting for the publishing industry. Cool. So newspapers, magazines, right around 2008, around the crash. So I was on site with with a bunch of, um, you know, Fortune 500, Fortune 1000, wow. um, you know, sort of big publishing networks um, who were who were running around like their hair was on fire, right? Because, you know, the profit just like was like pulled out from underneath them. Yeah. And so they needed to, they needed to be efficient. And so a big part of, you know, my job was I would uh, uh, be um, holding these leadership development sessions or these training sessions with these teams of, you know, people. And I would know, but, you know, just because of the structure of some of the consulting, not my choice, but, you know, I would know that only about half of them were, were really going to be able mm. to have a job by the time I was done. Well, wow. uh, um, and so, you know, like it was my job to try to help as many of them be able to, you know, keep their job as possible. And when faced with that, like with these people that I would get to know over these, you know, weeks that I would spend on site, it was uh, like, it, to be honest, it was like, like, it was an emotional thing. Like it was, uh, you know, like it was a responsibility that, you know, weighed on me seeing this Yeah. and you get good really quickly at, you know, training at, you know, like at leadership development, at at knowing, okay, like, like not everybody's going to make it, but what can we do so that we can make sure that the ability for them to work harder and make it um, is something that, you know, we're giving to every single person here. Um, and so fast forward out of the, you know, corporate consulting, the corporate consulting was, was a ton of fun, by the way, you know, flying around, yeah, the, you know, totally. flying around the country, driving around the state. It's a great way to spend um, your, uh, it was a great way to send my twenties, sure, uh, sure. but of course, but of course then I want a family, right? Like I want to settle down. I don't want to have, you know, better relationships with the, you know, with the, uh, uh with the workers at the airport than I have <laughs> you know, with my own friends. Yeah. Uh, and so I was like, Hey, you know, like what's going on in this online space, like online coaching and consulting is a thing, you know, why is, don't we yeah. get into that? Totally. And quickly we found that, that the same, uh, the same kind of, of skills and tools that, that we were implementing on the, the, the corporate uh, team development side um, really applies really well to online coaching and consulting wow. programs. Sweet. Um, where how well someone does, you know, how well a client does in the program 
uh, is really the linchpin as to whether they get to stay into a backend program and you know maximize that lifetime client value. Um, and so out of that and having some friends that I got to meet, you know, in this space, helping them initially. And then yeah. I sort of saw that there was a, you know, that there was a product here. Uh, we built the client success system. Uh, we've now had the opportunity through our audits to look inside behind the scenes of over a hundred client businesses, awesome. um, um, over the last several years. And, uh, you know, we've gotten to help, uh, I call them my grand clients, my clients of my clients. We now yeah. have, you know, thousands of these, you know, grand clients out there. Um, who are, you know, who are better served. Um, and of course, our clients get to, you know, get to, you know, benefit from that with, you know, high lifetime client value, um, you know, a lower reliance on the ebbs and flows of, you know, marketing, yeah. um, and especially paid marketing, where yeah. you can't always control that. Um, thank you, Mr. Zuckerberg. And, <laughs> How and many so our clients get shut down today. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah. And so, you know, like our clients are, uh, you know, they are insulated from some of that, um, cool. in a way that is, cool. you know, that is powerful. So that's what we do today. That I was the, it. I think that was slightly longer than, than, than 30 seconds, Kyle, but that no, was, the, that is awesome. Cause it actually gives me some, some areas of, I want to dig into I think to start with, I love to hear from you that transition you've gone from of the corporate side that you spent a lot of time with from the leadership, the DNA of a leader that you really discovered of what, who makes it, who doesn't. And as you've made that transition into the coaching and consulting industries, what does that DNA look like? What have you seen makes up a successful leader in a business? That's such a great question. I think that there are two there are probably two personality factors that I've seen that um, are the ones that stand out the most. Yeah. Um, and those are self-awareness. Hmm. So like an ability to like know that, you know, who, but like for the leader to know who am I? Come on. Uh, there are a number of situations where, you know, I, uh, where my first reaction is not the one of the best leader that I want to be. Come on, yeah. And that's okay. Having that self-awareness means that, you know, my first reaction gets to happen in my mind. Yeah. And that, you know, that's really acceptable um, for that to happen in my mind because I have the agency to then decide what is the reaction that I want to have with my team, with my clients, you know, with those people. Um, so that's, I think, the first, the first awesome. kind of, you know, personality trait or you know, skill that someone can develop. The second, which is equally as important, is a willingness to be uncomfortable. Hmm. And I think that this is true for entrepreneurs in general. Although, when it comes to client businesses, this this takes on its own unique flavor, which is the success of your clients are inevitably going to be tied to your willingness to get uncomfortable with them yeah. and tell them things that they don't want to hear. Yeah. And one of the things that, you know, I promise my clients is even if they hate me for it, that, you know, I'm always going to tell them the truth. Come on. And so there are times when like we have to sit down and say, um, and, you know, we have, we've worked with a handful of, you know, family businesses, which always have their own, you know, blend. Oh, um, sure. Like, of like personalities. I can remember sitting down with, um, you know, with clients and saying, hey, like, you know, your son that you hired for this like spot. Yeah, that's like, like, that's not going to work. And like, here are the reason why, like, here are the reasons why that's not going to work. And, yeah. and, and shame on you, like, not that I say it exactly that way, <laughs> sure. right? But, you know, shame on you for putting them in that situation sure. where, you know, they're going to struggle and where the business is at risk. You need to show up better than that. Yeah. And so like when you're willing to have that conversation and not fear the result, not be needy for the client to, 
stay or not just have that human instinct of like wanting to be liked, yeah. of like wanting to be respected more than liked. Um, if you bring those two things that, you know, self-awareness and then that willingness to have those uncomfortable conversations, you can change a lot of lives. That Oh man, that's huge right there. I think the, the concept of self-awareness has been something that has been a pivotal moment for me this year. Uh, I think this has been a journey for me this year, especially uh, just on a podcast earlier when someone was talking about, you know, the question that was asked was if Kyle Willis could give uh, of the future could give you any advice today, what would it be? And it was just uh, the answer was the understanding of what it means to love myself. What is self love? Mm. And I think self awareness is, I would put them as synonyms. So that aspect of, I can't be, I can't love myself if I'm not aware of who I am, what I love, what what makes up who I am. And that foundation of uh, why I am doing what I'm doing. And that the who, the why, the what all come together in that awareness. And you know, one of my mantras this year is that I have so few fucks to give and I choose not to give you one. And have learned <laughs> what that means practically in relationships and business, yeah. what I need to walk away from, who I need to walk away from. And so I think as you talk about as a leader, that importance of being uncomfortable and being aware, it's so easy to get caught up in oh, I, I've already taken, made that decision. I've already hired that person. Yeah. Uh, I, I got to see this through. I, I don't want to quit on them. No, that's being, that's when you need to be aware that it's better for your business to walk away, better to yeah. let them go, better let that client go. And so I wish I would have connected with you earlier on that because I would have saved <laughs> a hell of a lot of time and money, but that is foundation. And yeah. so I, I'd love to hear a little bit of how you take those two principles. And as you yeah. talk about what you're building through Venture Greatly, this client success system, walk me through what the system is, how you, you talk about audits, what you go into a business. What, what does that look like practically? Yeah. So the R a big part of our ethos is that success in a client business, when you work with clients and you could be a coach, you could be a consultant, you could be a service provider, you could run the whole, you know, gamut. But if you work with, with, you know, clients, then, then your client success is your success. Those two things are, you know, tied together. Um, because you, the, you know, the company that just markets well, and sells well, but can't fulfill on those promises well is not long for this world. Oh, so true. And if we just take that principle and then play that out, that, you know, so often the client, for those of us who have, you know, a front-end program and a back-end program, or, you know, we work with clients for, for a period of time, and then there's a, you know, there's a back-end mastermind, or there's a back-end, um, you know, there's a back-end, uh, you know, agency kind of a retainer sure. scenario. These are sure. all, you know, common uh, client business models. When you have this kind of a model, very rarely is a client that comes into your front-end program, very rarely are they ready when they buy your front-end program to buy mm. your back-end program. True, true. And so if you can see that, then the job of your front-end program that job needs to be to turn that client into an ideal client of your back end to experience the success when they're in the front end of your program so that they have the resources so that they have the awareness so that they have the behaviors so that they have the belief, you know, all of these things so that they get to be great long-term clients. And if you do that, then a couple of really magical things happen. 
that you have like legendary you know, client retention and client value, lifetime yeah. client value. The second thing that happens is your expenses go way down hmm. because when you have clients who are showing up with agency who are empowered so that they are you know, asking empowered questions, they are taking action. I mean, even if you have a done for you, you know, agency, sure. that, and certainly you can speak to this, Kyle, you know, that like the work that you do for clients isn't the only thing like you do incredible work for clients, but what you do isn't that like, it's not like their business in a box. Like yeah. it's not their entire business. They still yeah. need to take action on that. Right. Yeah. And so if they're, so, so, you know, even in that scenario, the client, client businesses need to treat that whole client and make sure that you know they're doing what they need to do for their success because when those things align your expenses go down client results go up hmm. and you get like you get retention you get referrals you have raving fans that you know you have all those things um, you mentioned just a little bit ago you know making some of those hard decisions to 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 let a client go yeah. and you know i've certainly done that we've all been there when you have these systems aligned that decision is rare, but it's also so much easier to see sure, because you can sure. see those people who are just not willing to play by the rules that we know are there for their own success. Yeah, definitely. So I want to ask more specific and practical yeah. questions before we get there. Let me lay a little foundation for our uh, listeners for my benefit, make sure we're all on the same page. I'd love to just hear from you a one-on-one definition of what the systems of process mean to you. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, uh, this is a great question because that, you know, we hear about these things all the time and, you know, people throw them around. Oh, you need a system for that. Right. (laughs) And a system in that kind of definition could mean anything. It could mean a software program to, uh, you know, procedure written down on a notebook that's, you know, copied (laughs) to, you know, anything in between. And that is actually a, a perfect definition of a system. A system is a closed loop, so a system must have boundaries. Hmm. Um, it is a closed, like, so like by definition, and I actually have uh, training and, certific- and certification as a uh, systems engineer. So cool. like a textbook, um, some of my training is in Lean and Six Sigma, um, okay. which, are two, which are two process improvement methodologies. Um, if people are um, in, you know, corporate, um, if you have listeners that, you know, like came from a corporate, you know, sort of background, totally, they're probably totally. familiar with those terms. It's less used in this online marketing space. <laughs> uh, but, but that's where we come in. The, yeah. We're seeing if we can't change that. But um, so a system has to have boundaries. It needs to be a closed loop. Um, and it is any series of things that happen, any series of, you know, processes that happen um, that lead to an outcome. Hmm. So, the like a perfect example that applies to 99.99% of all of your listeners we have a system of of processing food so you know we need energy to live we eat food it's a closed loop you know system we put food in here it comes out in another place <laughs> and hopefully on a semi regular basis or else you know we need to add in some yogurt but the, you know that is a system and so the, so like my joke there about the yogurt is funny but hopefully, but it also <laughs> my first laugh of my kid. <laughs> we use yogurt a lot. <laughs> there you go. But it also serves to explain a fundamental thing that happens when you see that as a system is that systems get to be optimized for different outcomes. So if you have, hmm, I, 
I had a really good friend of mine, right? And that same example, you know, that digestive problem, he had a lot of, you know, IBS problems. And so Imodium was his friend <laughs> because he wanted to optimize for the situation of being less uncomfortable and having to run to the bathroom, right? Yeah, I sure. use this example because it's something that everybody can We're relate practical. to. We'll be real. <laughs> right. Let's just be real. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, you know, right? If we want to, you know, like I just came off of a season of trying to, to you know, pay attention to my health and like get in a little bit better shape, lose a little bit of weight. And so I wanted to optimize for that. So I was watching the food that I was eating, you know, throwing in some, you know, boiled chicken and salad and some of those things in the mix. It can be delicious, you know, trust me. Yeah. But the but so that was what I was wanting to, you know, optimize for. And so I got to make different decisions about the inputs to that system so that awesome. I could get a different result. Awesome. And so once we understand that about systems, Everything in our world is a, you know, every outcome that happens in our world, in our business, in our life, in our world is a system. The way that we choose to process through online, if we're single, if we're, you know, like if we're dating, using online dating, the way that we decide, you know, who to reach out to, that's a system that can yeah. be, you know, that can be made more efficient, you know, that can be optimized for the kind of, you know, dates we want to go on. Same thing with our, you know, with our clients, we can, we can treat that as a system, um, and that you know some of our definition of that system and you know process comes in where for a client business the focus of the optimization has to be on the client success because if you just optimize for your own internal efficiency and you sacrifice even a little bit that client success that almost always comes back to bite business owners yeah that's not to say you can't be efficient but the first order of you know solving for that system's efficiency has to be for the client success and then you can backfill everything else and you know the like make it more you know like make it more profitable make it more you know make it uh, you know easier for your preferences as a leader all those things yeah so let me Take from what we've talked privately as kind of where we're going to, to the end goal, and then we'll bring it back yeah. to the beginning. One of the things I love about what you teach is you take your clients through the foundation of what it means to set up a system or process. You've discovered that if you can increase your system by as little as 20%, it increases profitability double, if not higher. That is thinking amazing. And as I think about as we're wrapping up this series of Complete Entrepreneur, you know, we've covered a variety of topics from yeah. mindset, copywriting, sales, advertising, accounting, variety more. And what I love about where we are today is it brings it full circle. All of those things are the implementation of a system. You can't have a process to advertising or to sales and just without it be, you know, if you don't have a process, you're just going to wing it every single time and yep. hope for the best. Hoping for the best is never the way to scale a business. Hope is great, but no one ever built a seven, eight, you know, multi-figure business off hope. So if that 100%. foundation, if that understanding of, all right, systems allow us to increase our profitability, amazing. Where, what, what are the questions to begin with in regards to building your first system in a business? You, know, you talk about audits, you talk about uh, the, the system you create, uh, specific outcomes that you yeah. may have in mind. When you take especially these uh, entrepreneurs, online uh, service providers, where would you recommend someone begin? Yeah, great, great question. So the, the, 
to further clarify what you were just saying there, that if you optimize client retention in most business, every business has their own, you know, numbers sure, portion, sure. right. But if you take client retention and you improve that by 10 to 20% in most of the client businesses that we've seen, you can actually double profit. It's amazing. So now we make a couple assumptions there that you have a front end program and a you know, back end <laughs> program or something to retain, right? Yeah, because, yeah. <laughs> because if you don't, you know, then, then that's a different, then that's a different story. But if you don't, then, you know, add it in and then you can, you know, then you can increase profit. Uh, that's even easier. But the, 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 in terms of the first things that we look at, the very first thing that we look at is where's the best client success story? What does that mm. look like? Like, mm. what does the best client journey look like? Yeah. And then we look at what does the worst client journey look like? Hmm. Okay. And then we look at the numbers. So it's critically important to optimize systems when they're dealing with humans. It's critically important to look at that as uh, both the subjective and the objective, the, you know, the numerical, the trackable, yeah. because both can only give you so much insight into what's going on. Yeah. So, you know, we had a client that recently came through our, you know, came through our, uh, came through our audits. We looked at their highest performing clients. We looked at their lowest performing clients. And then we looked at the data, you know, right away, we were able to see about 28 to 30% of the people who come into their front end program leave within a month. They don't wow. even, they ask for a refund or they, you know, or they don't make their second payment. 28 to 30%, almost a third. Well, right there, you know, so like right there, we almost didn't even need to look at anything yeah. else, right? Yeah. Right there, we see, you know, we fix that for their, for their size of, you know, business. We improve that by, like we even cut that in half. And then they have a, or, you know, we help them, you know, yeah. like we help them fix that. We help them cut that in half. And, and, you know, right there, they have, you know, an extra five figures every month um, of revenue from that. So those are the, you know, those are the things that we look at from there. You know, we have a trained eye as well as a ton yeah. of, you know, data um, to between me and some of our other team members who, you know, do this kind of consulting that, you know, we've seen this across so many businesses that we can mm -hmm. spot those trends. But, you know, even a, you know, business owner who's just starting out looking at the subjective, you know, qualities, best client and, you know, what that journey for them looked like, worst performing client and that yeah. journey, uh, and then the numbers in between. Um, okay. um, and, I would throw one, you know, warning note in there, especially for somebody that's a little bit newer when they start yeah. to look at that data. There is always uh, a stratification, if you will. Okay. There's always um, a, you know, the Pareto principle, if you're familiar, the 80-20 rule, right? Yeah. Yep. You know, you will always have 20% of your best clients and 20% of your worst clients. Yeah. And the 20% of your worst clients doesn't mean that what you do doesn't work, right? Sure. Sure. Like, and that's critically important, especially for those people who are, you know, newer in this space. Um, you know, but I've also seen, you know, people that run multi-million dollar companies get, you know, get like get drugged down by some of the, you know, bottom 20%. It's important yeah. to know that that's there so that you can, so that you can put <clears throat> that context in the right place. And then you can, you can continue to, to optimize for those yeah. best results. So that, that's so interesting. And I, I, you know, as a service provider, if clients coming in, occasionally I have clients going out. I love this concept of increasing retention and being able to have, being able to short, uh, shorten the, the, the aspect of those who single, you know, single themselves out, that move out and expand yep. those who see themselves being able to come in throughout whatever your program service product may be and 
sign up for the next service, the next product, whatever that looks like. What yeah. are the, you know, what are the consistency that you see of those who have 20, 30% who don't make that second payment, who don't buy that second product? Uh, is there certain, is there consistencies that you see in mistakes they have in regards to the questions they're not asking and setting proper yeah. expectations with their clients, uh, missing the upsell opportunities. What leads to such a downfall for so many businesses that don't have a system like that in place? Yeah. So, so often people's assumption is that this is a marketing or a sales problem hmm. that, you know, sales let someone in who wasn't, who, you know, wasn't qualified or, you know, the marketing is, you know, casting too wide of a net. They're attracting bad leads, right? Like how many people have you heard? Oh yeah. Have you heard say that? The leads are weak. Well, the, you know, there's something to that, right? If you want to blame marketing or even sales uh, that, you know, to quote, um, the, the, uh, to quote the most pro, uh, prolific of the, um, oh geez, we were just talking about him too, before the show went live, uh, Baldwin brothers, yeah. um, to, uh, quote Mr. Baldwin, the, uh, you're weak. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A little bit of truth. Yep. The, um, the reason why someone leaves is, is almost always, sometimes it is a marketing or a sales problem. Sure. And, and, you know, that, uh, myth, uh, just like most myths got started from a kernel of, you know, truth. Sometimes Absolutely. it is. Absolutely. Although I find that that's the, the, I find that that's the far minority of cases. Um, a lot of times those clients are more of a risk factor client, right? Especially on the B2B side, you know, those people that end up leaving, they are more of a risk factor. They don't have as many financial resources. And so your program might be a stretch for them. You know, your yeah. service might be, a, a, you know, like might be a stretch for them, but if they're in that position and your service has a chance of getting them further down the road, yeah. like if they're better off with you than without you, then you need to, then you need to, to, to do everything you can to make sure that they don't leave. Right. Yeah. Because they have more, they're going to have more of a risk factor when they're gone than when oh, yeah. they're there. Uh, so in terms of the commonalities uh, that we see, it's, it's always the same. It's always the same about two things. Hmm. It's that they don't believe that they can do it. Interesting. So they had this peak of hope on the sales call, right? Yeah. Like they had this peak of courageousness where they're like, oh yeah, here's my, you know, credit card. Like this is going to change. This is finally going to change things, right? Let's go. Yeah. But then the, the and, and this is one of the things that, that we teach with our clients is to serve your clients impeccably, to have mm -hmm. impeccable client fulfillment. That doesn't mean that it's perfect. It will never be perfect, right? Yeah. But the more that we can focus on removing those friction points, and building up the inspiration, we then prime the client to believe that they can have it too. Got and it. so often it's the client's belief, like, you know, how many people make it who don't believe that they can make it, right? Yeah. Like a hundred yeah. people, like a hundred percent of the people who, you know, quit, like don't succeed. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's the, you know, that's the classic, uh, you know, this is a, you know, classic first principle. And so as it relates to your program, they need to be inspired. They need to believe it for themselves. The second reason is the, you know, those friction points, which, which, you know, do relate to someone's belief because they kind of chip away at someone's belief. But if you have friction points in what you're doing, if you have, um, if you have an onboarding sequence that says that you're going to do X, Y, and Z, but you only get X and Y done, and then there's a week delay before you do Z and you don't mm. tell a client that, 
well, that's a friction point and that's yeah. going to strain their belief. Yeah. Um, and so those friction points, what they actually do is, and a better way to say that second factor is that they don't believe in you. So, oh, so like Come they on. don't believe that, you know, you're going to get them to that transformed place. Um, if you focus on eliminating those two, then people have no problem. They, you know, sail right through, they, you know, they're going to do what you, they're going to do the things that they need to do for their success. And they're going to roll right into, you know, in significant numbers, they're going to yeah. roll right into your backend program. Yeah. I think that's huge. The, I love what you said, because you talk about <clears throat> inspiration. And I think that first aspect that goes so hand in hand with a mindset, being able yeah. to help your clients understand where you're going. What does A to Z look like? And sure, there's a lot of mystery in there based upon where they're at, what, what you discover as you get into it. But giving them the courage and the hope to stick in, stick through those tough times. You talk about the process you went through in health and fitness recently. I'm going through one myself right now. And, and that aspect of, hey, I know what my end goal is. I yep. know what the healthy, better Kyle looks like so when i'm you know right now the last few days i've been stuck on this one pound i'm trying to lose and i've jumped up and down <laughs> for like four days now to break into the the, the next uh the next digit i want to get into and that aspect of like i know i i can do it i you know and it's, yeah. it's that inspiration i have first within myself yeah. to stick through it because if i just stayed at this one level it's you know the plateau that everyone hits in fitness yeah and then they give up or they say it's too hard or they say whatever. I'm just, you know, I'm going to be content here. But it's so easy in business. Of, oh, I'm a, a, you know, I'm doing five figures a month. I don't think I could ever get to six figures. I'm doing, doing, you yeah. know, put numbers, you put anything you want to it. Um, but how, when you, I love that aspect of what you take people through of how to keep that inspiration throughout yeah. that process. Um, and then I think the other aspect that you highlight that I think I have experienced as one of my shortcomings that I've really tried to improve is setting those proper expectations in the beginning totally. and how to deliver on them. And I think, you know, you talked about something that was so key of, hey, here's X, Y, and Z. We're going to have a, a short delay because of, you know, building, uh, helping a company launch a business right now. Well, yeah. they ha they were starting from the ground. They don't even have a logo up. And I'm like, right. we could you know, everything, we have a whole marketing plan in place. Um, yeah. We're ready to build your website, but we don't have any visual elements yet. And the client was like, well, you know my business. Why don't you just do it? Like, I could, but then it's my business. And yeah. it's, it's no longer your inspiration. You're going to look at that logo and say, hey, look at what Kyle designed. And that deal 100%. of, I need to set the proper expectation. I went back to them and like, look, you have to give the input here. You can't just tell me. I can, I can do my own thing when it comes to web design and marketing and the rest. But the foundations of your brand, the foundations of the perception you want to build, you have yeah. to own. And so you know, I love to just kind of hear from you what questions, when someone hits that plateau of inspiration, of uh, yeah. if someone's in a place right now where they feel like, man, as a service provider, I know I've dropped the ball a bit. I need to regain my client's trust in me. And that feeling, you know, you talk about their, their confidence in you to deliver. If someone's in that place right now where they're feeling like, I got some work to do. I, I, right now, the client may just be locked into a contract uh, or whatever that the thing may be, but I want to regain that confidence. I want to regain that inspiration. What yeah. does that, how, how can you do that? Is there a simple way or beginning process to be able to capture that inspiration, that hope uh, and, with your clients again? Yeah, hundred percent. And, and, you know, 
I think one of the first things that I almost want to push back on a little bit please, please. is so often it's not you as the service provider who's dropped the ball. You know, certainly sometimes it is, right? Sure. We've all we've all been there. You know, we've all as you know service providers, we all are entitled to have you know bad days sometimes. That doesn't mean that we you know we can't. That doesn't mean that we we don't have to take responsibility for that. But that you know, so often by the time we find clients, they're that you know they've been beat down in a sense from the from the difficulties of running a client business yeah. and cause working with humans is hard. Yeah. You know, there's a reason, like there's a reason why the previous generation, if we just, you know, zoom out the yeah. previous generation of coaches, consultants, you know, people like this had doctorates, right? They were doctors, they were lawyers, they were, you know, they were therapists who all go to school for years to learn these, yeah. you know, these like detailed things. Um, and now you have people who, um, are that, you know, who run the whole, you know, like gamut of, you know, like formal education, but, you know, rarely has anyone taught us how to deal with humans <laughs> yeah. and humans are messy. Yeah. Uh, they are incredibly messy. So the very first thing is, is really like really assess, like really get quiet, like plan a half day where you don't have any clients or any mm. distractions and you can sit with some of the data and you can use a whiteboard and like with your team and like map out where have clients been going? Are they doing their part in it? And if, yeah. and if they're not doing their part in it, is that because we didn't set the right expectations or is that because they're struggling to get out of their own way? Yeah. The, you know, we have a phrase that we say the enemy um, in a client business, the enemy of a, a, a business owner's desire to scale. Um, we think the most nefarious enemy is bad client behavior. Hmm. Um, or said another way, um, is a client's resistance that like that part of their like like that part of their lizard brain that is sabotaging the success. Yeah. yeah. And so the biggest thing that we see is, and you know, I'm sorry because because this isn't uh, you know three easy steps to no, you know, improve your like Instagram <laughs> you know like following right. Yeah. But this is nowhere near that simple. But you know, some of it is just being willing to have those tough conversations and say, yeah. yes, we did drop the ball a little bit in these areas. The most difficult thing to ever like make amends for, like to say, yeah, we dropped the ball is we dropped the ball in holding you accountable. Come on. And because that is so, that's so nuanced and it is so tricky to both deliver that message while not seem, while like not feeling like you're blaming the client, right? Like you need to thread the eye of that needle perfectly so that they both hear what they need to do to be successful yeah. and so that you can take responsibility. In terms of the biggest thing that you can do to rebuild the inspiration is that, that clients, there is a universal law where humans love to see activity. Yeah. So like humans love, like we had some things happen at the time that we're recording this um, in one of our, uh, uh, we have a, a sister um, company. We have like a sister kind of business uh, uh, that we have a few partners um, that we have a few partners in and they like just got kicked in the stomach this mm. week. They had like, they just had like a client relationship go bad. And it was like, just like one of those like kicked in the stomach feelings. And as one of the leaders that, you know, I got that my job was to help them just double down on activity. 
Yeah. So like replace that with let's serve more, let's teach yeah. more, let's get out there more. The, the like let's reinforce to all of the clients who are still here how much we care and what we're going to do. And we're going to do that in a healthy way. We're not going to overextend ourselves, right? And the, but, but people love to see that activity. And when we can show clients that we're doing things for their benefit, even if that means, hey, we're doing this for your benefit and you need to play along in these ways, clients will respect the positive energy. You'll have, the, you'll have your you know, early adopters who are going to get back on track and you'll have your you know, laggards and you'll have everyone in between. But you know, that's how you lead the movement back towards better results. Yeah. Oh, man. I love that. It, it comes full circle that we talked earlier about the importance of being self-aware. And I see that connection and what you're, I I love that pushback because it's the truth of, Hey, it's not always you. And yeah, one of the things I did this year talking about self-awareness, self-loves, I hired a mindset coach to really help me in that foundation, discovering who I am, what I, what I really have to bring to the table. And, you know, I had a client leave me this year where I went back and I was just like, what the heck? What happened? Where did I drop the ball? And I thought it was all on me. And I was working with my mindset coach with it at the time. And they're like, Kyle, what do you know to be true? And what can you control about that? And as I answered those questions of what I know to be true and what can I control in the situation with discovering that aspect of we met every expectation or exceeded every expectation that we set with that client from results, the deliverables, and the client got to a point where uh, there was a disconnect on there. And we're, as you said, they, they didn't show up in the way they needed to. When we challenged them to and said, hey, for us to move forward this is what you need to be able to do. And they said, I'm not ready to step up. And without using the exact words, they said, I'm not there. I, it's time for me to go. I can't yeah. do anything about that. I can't control that. I can encourage 100%. you to look at other, else, elsewhere. And that's why, you know, you said earlier of if it's better for the client to stay with you and encourage and all of that, but I can't control what, where you put your time, where you put your energy. And I had to get to that point of realizing and releasing that of, Hey, I've done yeah. everything I can at this point. I wish you the best. If, yeah. I, if I can give you any recommendation, someone else to talk to Otherwise, God bless you. Don't the door hit you. And I think it's been that foundational element that's pivoted my business and allowed us to really yeah. you know, look at our clients now and our client uh, roster. I just love every client we have on our, uh, in, our, in our company right now. I think there's usually, you know, you talk about 80, 20, usually there's those 20%. We are just like, Oh, I don't want, yeah. I don't want to get them on the phone, whatever. And like, thankfully I'm at the state where I don't have any of those. They, they, everyone is just That's a awesome. joy. Um, but I think it's had to get to that point of I've shown up, are they showing up? And if they're not going to, have I given them the challenge, the, the, the urge to step up or step out? Yeah. Um, and I think as you know, but I love what you're having to say is that there is, that's not just an ethereal mindset conversation. Certainly that's no. a, a process to it. Um, but there is systems and checks and balances you can put in place with a business to be able to have those conversations before someone's telling you they're on their way out. Am I picking up on yeah. that, right? hundred percent. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And you know, like you can't control what, like you can't control what other people do, right? It's actually one of the, the, it's probably one of the most frustrating for some of us that are, are used to taking action, right? It's one mm-hmm. of the most frustrating things in the world. We cannot control what other people can do. Yeah. Sometimes my wife, who's, who's amazing, by the way, does yeah. things that drive me crazy, right? Sure. I cannot, I cannot control that. But 
but just because I can't control it doesn't mean, and I'll, I'll pivot, I will pivot away from my wife as an example, <laughs> and back to client, to, to, to client businesses so that I don't get in trouble. My wife really is amazing. She is. Um, I, I like her very much. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. The, uh, the, you know, with our client business, we can't control what our clients do, but that doesn't mean that we can't affect it be- yeah. because there's a difference between affecting or influencing and controlling. Come on. And if we give up the control and we focus on the system of our client's success and what our clients are doing, we can tweak the way that we deliver messages, that we set expectations, that we give them things to do, we give them activities to do. Yeah. Um, the, we, had a position, uh, we had a position in our company, um, um, and we have, a phrase, uh, uh, we have a phrase around here that, that I have a feeling could make some of your listeners cringe. Um, <laughs> we have a phrase that says, uh, employees are just clients that you have to pay. <laughs> because like because like think about it they're needy they need yeah. you to you know give them all kinds of information you usually have to you know train them unless they come you know like get, like unless they come exceptionally you know well prepared uh you know all these things are true that are remarkably similar to uh, yeah. clients we had this one position where we just struggled like heck to you know actually get the right person in there that was the right fit and no. you know some of those things and so finally i was uh, was sitting with my wife who also works in the you know business and she used to be a teacher i love um, you guys work together that's so cool it's a lot of fun most of the time the, sure. <laughs> uh and so we're sitting down saying like what are we going to do with this you know with this position and like we were like banging our heads against the wall and i said when you were a teacher what did you do for your students? And she's like, oh, well, we would do this and then we would give them an activity. And I was like, aha. <laughs> the problem is like we need to actually give them like in that particular case with the, you know, with the employee, we needed to yeah. actually give them real life examples because before we let them work with clients where the stakes were high, that we needed them to go through activities to prove that they had a competency and to get some of the self-confidence and some of that self-awareness, you know, in that spot so that they could then work with, you know, clients. We replaced that, worked like a charm. And that's exactly that's cool. the kind of thing that you can do with, 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 with clients, with employees, you know, that you can do all the way across the board. We can't control what people do, but we can set things up to, you know, influence and to lead them. Oh, man, that's huge. I, I, you know, I think about, and I'm going to have the percentages wrong. They're usually always made up on the spot anyways. But I'm sure you've heard <laughs> that saying of like, you retain about 5% of what you read, 10% of totally. what you write. I forget what the middle one is. But then it's like the highest percentage is what you act on or teach. Yeah. And I think yeah, I love that talk about, you know, what your, your wife did as a teacher of, hey, we taught a principle. Now I'm going to have you act on it yourself. Exactly. However, you know, how many times can we remember through high school or college? I'm going to teach you the basics of algebra, and then you're going to work through these equations together. If I just taught you that x plus three equals y, you'd okay. I could we could you know you could walk through it together. Cool, teacher, I got it. But once we right. I now give you your own equations, you figured out how to find x or y every time. I mean, I'd love to kind of just wrap this up in really being able to then say uh, the the action items so those who are in this place are saying man i want to increase my client retention i know i'm kind of winging it i or i may have some systems in place i don't know if they're really as instrumental as they can be yeah tony what's the best way for someone to connect with you learn a bit more it sounds like it ought to be a really good place to begin for a lot yeah. of these businesses connect with you on what that may mean and and kind of discover next steps 
hundred percent. Yeah. We, um, we usually have a waiting list, but, uh, we do have a link for someone, right. Who would think the, uh, the person that has, uh, the person that uh, teaches, you know, legendary client retention is uh, pretty booked up. That's, that's um, a great problem to have. <laughs> it's a great, it's always a great problem to have, but, um, you can go to clientsuccesscall.com. Um, and you can sign up for our, like, we have a short little questionnaire there so that we can get a little bit of information. Um, um, and then as soon as we have, you know, slots available for the audit, we let people write in. We, uh, we periodically also have, uh, um, um, open enrollment kind of periods where we like, we're like, we know that we have a good, you know, like, like a good room for like 20 or so, um, you know, people to come through all at, uh, once because we got to pause other things to let them all through. So so you can always uh, you can always go there, and you can also um, tune in to our podcast, the Client oh, Whisperer. Yeah. Uh, so that is a lot of fun. Um, we actually have a very special guest that we get to interview next week. Who could um, that be? <laughs> yeah. So uh, you can can tune in there. Uh, search the Client Whisperer show on on iTunes, Spotify, Google, um, or. Uh, go to clientwhisperer.show is where our website is and we have links to all those places um, as well as cool graphics and takeaways and and uh, giveaways and all those things on the the website as well. For those driving right now, we will make sure to have both of those links Tony mentioned and more information about uh, Venture Greatly as well as his podcast on our website. So you you can grab that. Tony, this is why I think it would be exciting and dangerous at the same time if we had a bottle in front of us and just did this on a regular basis because we can jam for forever. And I think, you know, for those listening, they're like, dude, I'm at my destination. I got to go now. Uh, <laughs> this has been so insightful, practical. I love the depth that we've gone talking about self-awareness, inspiration, client retention. I mean, there's a variety of hot topics we've dug into that I know if we wanted, you could spend the next hour talking about just one of those in deeper levels. So when you come to Seattle, we'll definitely have to do a live episode together. Uh, But thank you for sharing with us that insight, years of experience, being able to make this practical, taking it from corporate to now the online sphere as well. This has been monumental, man. I really appreciate your time. Thanks. It's been an honor, man. I uh, am thrilled to be here. Awesome. Those listening, we appreciate you being with us today. Again, you can find our show notes, Tony's links to more about him on our website at mfrrpodcast.com. Hope you all have a great day. Hey, I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode of Marketing from the Roosevelt Room. If you heard something today that you would like to follow up on and be able to connect with us, connect with our guests, we will have their contact information as well as any links to resources they talked about from Facebook groups, their website, any type of offers that they gave on our website at mfrrpodcast.com. Once again, that is mfrrpodcast.com. Join us there. I'd love to keep the conversation going, and you'll be able to get all of our show notes as well as links that the guests spoke about, so that way we can really serve you. Really do appreciate you spending time with us today in this episode. Hope you have a great rest of your day.